1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombuscom slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
0: Hello and welcome to another of Autocars podcasts. Um, I'm Matt Saunders, Autocars Road Test Editor, and I'm delighted to be joined in the, uh, the Autocar headquarters podcast bunker by um, some voices that you will know Um, Matt Pryor James Isdell and Richard Lane now we're gonna get stuck into one of the most um, celebrated performance brands there is on the planet I think BMW M I'm sure many of us still think that it's a fairly young company but um, this year BMW Motorsport um, celebrated its 50th anniversary which is long enough to have amassed quite a large and and glittering back catalogue so we're gonna go through some of those cars in the next hour or so um, and uh, and mention some of the highlights and perhaps some of the lowlights as well. Um, we're going to talk about our favourite M cars, the ultimate M car, um, what defines them uh, and what we'd like the company to do next. But before we get into all of that, first of all, gentlemen, you've got one word to sum up the BMW M division. Um, give us your best shot. Matt, you can go first.
2: Yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, so I knew you were going to say that and I don't. One word is really hard because it's, if, or if you want, variable because they do not... They are not always the same thing. You know, an M car is not always the same thing. Whereas an AMG Mercedes, I tend to think is a bit of a hot rod, and a Porsche is always a sports car. Is a is is a BMW M always the same? No, I'm not sure it is. Uh, so I'm going to go more than one word. It emphasises the best of the model it's based on. Oh,
0: that's complicated, isn't it?
3: Yeah, a bit.
2: Sorry. <laughs> what about you, Diz? You sort well, of
0: agree with that?
3: I agree with what you say. That's yeah. But uh, one word. I'm going to be clinical here. Because you did want one word, and I'm going to use the word precision, and nice. I'm using it in you reference to its rivals, AMG, Audi RS. They deliver very different characters. So, against that backdrop, for me, precision. Okay. Only the latest. Okay. And some of the older ones.
0: Is it possible to make like a, an eight series feel precise, or or, an, or, an, or a two ton SUV Com- compared
3: to maybe uh, an SL, an S63? Okay, okay. Maybe. It's a relative term. Okay. I may not have thought through this quite as much as I thought I had.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Ricky? Where, Where are you on this? What's your word?
1: Oh, it's a very difficult one. I've chosen attainable. Um, there's that old saying, you know, if you're a proper driver's car, you would normally gravitate towards a Porsche, but the whole point of M is that you can get, you know, a very serious driver's car. People who most of the time really, really care motorsport influence, heritage, culture, Half the price of a of a entry level 911 in some cases, like the M2. Now the prices are creeping up, but I think M still hits that really, it scratches that that really important bit of the the petrolhead sole. and you know mm. you can get a lot of what Porsche offers for a lot less money.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. So we've got we've got attainable, we've got precision, we've got something variable, variable, something very long did. <laughs> yeah, I sort of think um, that's fair enough. I, I think I would have gone for balanced, which is obviously a bit of a cop out because it, it in a literal sense in terms of you weight the way you might characterize how they handle, but also a balance of different virtues in a in a product, which I think is, is important for BMW M cars in a way that maybe it isn't so important for some of the other brands we've mentioned, you know. Um so they've got to do everything, haven't they? Yeah, that's the thing with M cars. They've got to sort of be real world cars. They've got to be desirable cars. They've got to be great to drive. But you've also got to be willing to drive them a lot. Mm. Um, they've got to be affordable. It's all this stuff.
1: That's so true, isn't it? Because even within uh, the the world of you know that M inhabits, Audi can be a lot more focused. They can just focus, you know, do their their old stick of Quattro. AMG can just be you know, you know gang, go gangbusters on on the noise and and you yeah. know be superficially spectacular. They, they, they sort of operate in those silos of appeal, but M. You're absolutely right. Has to sort of do everything. It has mm. to be okay. as fun to drive as an AMG and engaging, and it has to feel as confidence-inspiring and secure. You know, 99% of the time as an Audi, it's. I'd say it's got the got the toughest job in the class. An M car, yeah, any new M car. Yeah, I reckon that's totally fair. So let's develop that a bit.
0: I mean, if you were to define M cars in opposition to. Audi rs cars or amg cars or yeah. porsches um mechanically and objectively um how would you do that is there a strand running through running through all of them that you know is, is sort of consistent and always there um or is it more of a sort of a feel
2: with them i don't know mate because they are they are very different i mean an m5 cs the latest one is very different from an e30 m3 which is very different from like the m4 gts or whatever you know they i'm not sure there is a i'm not sure there is quite the common strand to it i don't know if you could or and you know and by the time you start throwing in the variants of the suvs and variants of those do you think you would instinctively know if you were thrust into a simulator that perfectly simulated the driving dynamics of a car you'd go oh yeah that's probably a bmw m whereas you might have a better idea of that if it Replicated all that an AMG did, or all that uh, an Audi RS did. I'm not sure. Given the breadth of it, I'm not sure I would know necessarily. With a BMW M car, I'm not sure. I'd, I'm not sure I'd
0: know. And would, that's would not you, a bad thing. No, but would you say that was always been the case, or is it a result uh, of the broadening of the brand, which we might well come on to? Yeah, maybe across.
2: it is. A, yeah, maybe it is a result of that. Yeah, they want to sell more cars in more markets in of you know and variants of more models, and inevitably you know, and then sometimes they'll let the engineers go hey, just do what you like with that and they come up with an m3 gts or whatever it might be or the m4 gts one m coupe one right? yeah. m coupe yeah for example yeah mm. yeah, yeah. Well, i mean yeah one m coupe and a uh x50d x5 or whatever you know i mean they are not the same thing are they no
0: no um and if it all started i mean we start at the start with obviously the m1 it's funny that the brand has developed in the way it has given where it started. It started with what you might sort of loosely call a, a supercar, hmm. um, but there hasn't really been one since. So how important do we think um, the kind of usability and practicality of, of M-Cars is? Is, that, you know, is, the, is the way that the brand has developed a reflection on how it defines itself in opposition to everybody else?
3: I think so. I think, yeah, the M1's a, a glorious thing. But it's a one-off it's it's almost not an m car weirdly it sits off on its own and i think it goes back to what you're saying about attainability i think an m car has to do everything it's the sort of car where yeah maybe you want a trim in the garage and you want a 911 and you want a nice saloon car but you can only have one car and it has to do all those things you have to as you say get that feeling you might get from a cayman or an eleven driving it but you also need to be able to throw the kids in it and go on holiday.
1: Yeah, um, I think the M one though was so it's so important though. If you you know and Nirpash, the CEO of uh, first MD of M, um, early seventies, he he really pushed for that, and it was he's regarded within M as the first M car. You just cannot understate its importance is it an M car as we know it today no I mean they asked Lamborghini to build the the original run which just shows you how far removed from from you know the everyday usable idea an M car it is but nonetheless I mean what a statement and of course the engine was you know laid down a template which then paved the way for you know, this whole run of incredible Q cars through um, through the late 70s and early 80s. Mm. So it's not very M today, but it is so M in terms of the skunk work style M division of the 1970s. Is the engine the most common M theme between, between cars? Is that the thing that would most make you think an M is an M, because it's got a special engine? Possibly, I think in the early days, probably. But in the modern era, no, it's handling adjustability for me all day long.
0: Mm. No, I'd agree with that. I think at one stage it might have been, but they, they've, they've sort of come to occupy this positioning whereby they, they, they're a little bit less sort of, they're a bit, bit more understated than, than some of their rivals, aren't they? They don't go after necessarily the, the most powerful car in its class. Mm. They don't necessarily go after the noisiest, you know, um, the most sort of visceral kind of dramatic, powertrain I don't think um, and in a you know in the way that M3 is developed they would say that we had opportunities to you know and they did stick a V8 in it at one point obviously now they've come back to to a straight six and I think that says a lot about their approach it's all about the balance of the product isn't it um, and having everything in proportion and and sort of allowing that that proportion to, to feed into a, a driving experience that is sort of that isn't kind of doesn't feel too heavy in any one particular regard it's not it's not it's not overpowered it's not you know it's not particularly dedicated to a particular sort of pattern of usage it it, it does so much across such a broad spread of of, of usage patterns and, and all the technology that comes into them now you know the modern m car with all of its various active systems i think is really just building on that you know it's the kind of performance car that can do everything isn't it mm-hmm. um
1: it's very authenticity though isn't it for me that's probably the most appealing thing about M in regard to his rivals the authenticity which is why I think actually with the new G20 M3 M4 and that grille I think that's why we find it so offensive because its predecessors you know E92 E36 even even its direct predecessor had a really nice understated vibe you know it left the shouty exhausts um to amg and the real you know the all-out aesthetic fuggery to audi where you know their ever-growing grills and everything was just kept nicely in proportion you felt like in an m3 you could show up anywhere at any time and you know you wouldn't create too much of a scene but of course unleash a thing on a b road i'm really thinking about the e92 here and it's a real animal and i think perhaps with the latest generation M3 M4 have just moved away from that a bit, which is why, as I say, I think we feel quite uncomfortable about it because I don't actually aspire to own the latest M3 in the same way I did its predecessors. Because of, and it's because be- of that grill. It's not just because of that grill. It's just the whole thing is sort of transmogrified slightly into something that's a little bit more taking it to AMG in a superficial yeah. way. And M was never really about the superficiality. It about it's about it? deep yeah. authenticity, real, real care for like what, what makes a good driver's car and then like executing on it. And um, I just worry a little bit that we're moving away from that slightly. It's more of a statement car.
3: Yeah. I mean, it still does all Absolutely. the things an M3 should, but clearly the market has changed and mm-hmm. the sort of customer they're trying to attract. Yeah. They're broadening the reach of customers, obviously. So there's mm-hmm. ones, like you say, that want that AMG look. They want to pull up outside wherever they're going, people to go look what I'm driving. But yeah. they
1: still appeal to people like us who just want to drive it. Yeah. Sure. And you you go back to something like an E28 M5, and you know, big part of the appeal for that car was the fact was the complete opposite um, attribute, the mm-hmm. fact that it looked so unbelievably subtle, barely any different from a. From a, from a regular five series. We seem to have, have changed, you know, it's been a complete vault fast. Can you blame them though? Not really, market yeah, I mean, forces. Can they do
0: that anymore? Is that a viable sort of design tactic in the market as it is now when everybody else has, you know, got the volume turned up design-wise to yeah. a million?
1: I don't think it is viable. And I think that's um, a real shame. But uh, I mean, to go back to Alpina, which we were chatting about before we hit record you know, fabulous cars, loads of appeal to a big subset of petrol heads, but would they do the volumes globally that M needs to do it's interesting, in terms of business yeah. case? I don't think they would.
2: I don't know. I mean, now that BMW, I know I don't want to dwell on Alpina too much, but now that BMW has taken control of Alpina, maybe that does give them the subtle look, don't look at what I'm driving option in the in BMW's own owned range rather than leaving it to somebody else. And then, so then M can do what it it, it amplify it's show you look at me here i am better louder brighter than an amg and there's the alpina for all those people who you just go
1: no thanks so just quickly because we don't want to derail this onto alpina matt you've just come back from yeah. germany uh, launched the updated b3 um, and a couple of others We've spoken to andy that right to the top so a lot of people think that with this BMW. Really you know, taking taking control for the first time of Alpina, that Alpina could end up as a trim line. But what you're suggesting is that actually there will be a mechanical well, differentiation as well.
2: I don't know, and the Bovensiepen family don't know either. Um, BMW have bought have bought the name, and that's it. They can do whatever they want with it, and uh, the family retain Alpina to use as Alpina Classic. In uh, the first, uh, if things carry on as they are till 2025, I think late 25, the model the model. Rollout that they've got anticipated, and from that point on, it's BMW's core. And it, yeah, it maybe it could be maybe it could be a, just a trim level, but you don't know, wouldn't you? I mean, there's plenty of trim levels. There's you know, yeah. why did BMW need more trim levels? It would be nice <laughs> to think that they could do that, they would do something a bit more special with it. I mean, M suit and maybe M suits more outright sports, showy stuff, and Alpina doesn't. And may, I don't
1: know, but it, it'd be nice
2: to think they've. Not like to is think they'd do something nice with that name.
1: That that niche, that need, um among people like us and people listening, as I hope, for a car that is that fast, you know, like an Alpina B3, but that rounded isn't going to disappear overnight just yeah. because, you know, the, the, the corporate structure of the company changes. <laughs> so yeah, I would really hope, that that, hope so. that that does carry on.
0: So if we just sort of move on to our own personal favourite M Cars of Forever. Um I mean, are they the smaller, sportier, kind of, you know, more kind of feral ones, or, or are they the big, kind of, powerful, sledgehammer saloony ones? Or, or... should we start with you, Dis? What's your favourite M car?
3: Favourite M car ever? I have to be careful here, because not... my favourite, I've not actually driven, and I really want to have a go, but it is an E28 M5. That idea of the sledgehammer pace wrapped up in a car that looks like a 518i. Really, really applause
1: to me. Um, You're you'd there, love aren't
3: it, aren't you? yeah. I, I, well, look at me.
1: <laughs> I drove one early this year for the first time ever, and it completely um, blew me away. Uh, I think maybe because you know the knowledge that it it's, it's such a legend, me upset now. But, uh <laughs> it's everything you wanted to be. It's totally sat back, but sort of innately special. But equally, I, as we said in the mag recently, like did. BMW at the time think they were creating like an absolute legend. No, it was still something that they were just dipping a toe in the water with. But these days, you know, E28 for M5, does it get any cooler? Yeah,
3: I mean, I'm of an age where I remember reading the contemporary tests of that, that car and just the idea that what was then supercar pace in something that had four doors and five seats was just... A revelation it was just, i mean they couldn't write enough hyperbole about this car uh and it's always appealed to me ever since i've that i just love the concept um whether that's a defining m characteristic as we've already discussed i'm not sure but as a as a car as a concept regardless of the badge i love that idea and i think the e28 has done it better than almost anything and, and i would put second e34 because again it followed the same
0: so as long as really? an M five or crap breaks, you're in, mate. Yeah. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. I want
1: to go really quickly and then not slow down. That's, Excellent.
3: that's what it's all about. Excellent.
1: But do you think there's a there's a real spiritual successor to the E twenty eight M five these days, or even in the last fifteen years, anywhere in the M range?
3: I can't think of. Can't think of anything.
1: It doesn't exist, does it, really? No.
3: But it's 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 just. Oh. I
1: can't believe you've had to go, that's not fair. I drove an E34 on the same trip. Oh. <laughs> actually. I'm so sorry. If I had my microphone on here, I'd rip it off
0: and walk out. And, <laughs> and Where did that leave you, mate? Is that, does that mean an E34 and five is your, is it, is your all-time fave, mate, or what would it be? No, I,
1: I think the E28 had an effect on me, and I, I think maybe because um, I've been a Lancia down to for 10 years, and I just got into the E28, and i thought this is everything just felt very familiar of its time i think there was there's a lot of sort of synergy with cars of that era and um it got wonderfully transparent steering obviously the engine needs no introduction it's it's not you know like a sort of saber-toothed animal but it's just a like crystalline manner in which it builds revs and it's just so perfectly linear and visibility outstanding comfort ridiculous ridiculously comfortable car it's got lovely, lovely roll rates, and you, you could honestly, even now, sit in it all day. You could drive it to Munich, and you'd be very comfortable. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a stunning, stunning package.
0: But not your favourite M car?
1: No, my favourite M car is probably one I haven't actually driven. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a lot <light> of theme <laughs> in uh, the
1: Weirdly, that? no. Uh, She's whirling for me. E92 <laughs> is very cool. I've never done a GTS, but you drive in an E92, and you do think, gosh, if this was a little bit lighter, a little bit tighter, wouldn't it be... Unbelievably good, unbelievably fun, because that car is like, you know, the great... I think of the modern era, the E92 is probably the, the most... It has the greatest level of duality of all the M3s, in a way. Is, it, is the GTS as good as I want it to be? So for, tho- for those of us
2: <laughs> who are rubbish with BMW M model codes, which includes, which includes me, the E92 is late 2000s, 2007 yeah, yeah. E28 is late 80s? Yeah, 80, right, 85.
1: 85, 86. E34... 90s well uh, early 90s yeah E34 was the last 600 the last 600 m5
2: before the v8 V8 which you like a lot yes i do yes okay uh uh, i think they're better smaller as a rule i like i like the small ones um 1m coupe the m2 competition the current I, i spent a bit of time in a fairly recent m5 and it didn't do everything I would have wanted an M car to do because it was less comfortable than a five series, but it's still two meters wide, four four point nine meters long, and nearly two tons. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't excite me. You know, in a way, it's very quick and it's great. And if you lived in Germany, I'm sure it would be fantastic because you could do that thing that some uh, wealthy German owners do, and instead of flying from Munich to. Stuck out, you know, from Hanover to Berlin, whatever. You get in the car and you drive, and that's part of the fun. And that's one of the one of the things that Alpina says we're there, owners. You know, they do they do have people who who do that. They buy them and they want to go 160 miles an hour down the motorway, so they so they do. Um, this is this is your
1: old M5 competition long termer, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From when was that? 2014. That was like, like, wasn't something. a
0: composite.
2: Was that was a regular one. It, uh, were they not all comps at
1: the time? No, that was a long time ago. That was maybe 2018. it was, maybe it was a composite. And right. I know yeah. that. Because I did exactly the sort of journey in it. You you lent it to me for a trip to cover M twenty four that year, yeah, and yeah. I absolutely fell in love with it. Because yeah. again, it did that. It's about six hours, isn't it, from Nürburgring to Calais? Yeah. and it just did it beautifully. Yeah. and the seats, um, stunning. You know, again, yeah. Just and and it, in a
2: similar in a similar vein, I've got an Audi Q seven TDI V six that V twelve TDI on uh, for 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 a short while, which I took to Germany the other week for a job. In the UK, it's quite awesome, but you get to you get to de restrict a bit of auto and it's still pulling at one hundred and sixty miles an hour. And you go, this makes perfect sense <laughs> now. This is exactly what this car's for. It's got a five hundred mile range, and it's yeah. It's, uh, suddenly, it makes sense. But it, so, from my use case, as somebody who enjoys small cars, small M's work better than big ones for me. But
0: but are they as a breed? I'm I'm a little bit worried that the mm. the compact M car is 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 sort of is on the you know is it's on, on the, the cusp of extinction might be on the way out mate because well
2: it's a worry isn't it because it's, the small platforms are all yeah. front wheel drive so they've got to either scale down a, small, a smaller rear wheel drive one as it gets yeah. mind you this may become less of an issue as they get more electrified anyway because front rear wheel drive. It's not like well, new, a, new
0: M2 is obviously like on, on M3 M4 platform, yeah. so that is effectively as wide as as, as, wide M3, as M3 M4, M4. and that's as big like, as I would want an yeah. M car to be. Mm. Short wheelbase, yeah. but it doesn't yeah. feel a lot smaller. Mm. And then you get down into you know M performance one series, which yeah. aren't really the same thing.
1: Not really. You're not going to get. We're not going to get a one M coupe again, are we? Absolutely no. But Matt, you've driven the the new M five, but in prototype, late, late validation prototype, wasn't it? So, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah what yeah. is contributing M, do M5 or M2? to M M2 two? M2, yeah, Did yeah. I say M five? Sorry, yeah, yeah. M two. What's contributing the weight there? Because that is going to be a, that's going to be sixteen hundred and fifty. That's going to, with fuel and a driver. It's going to be seventeen hundred kilos plus. Yeah. Well, now they, that's the problem. Not necessarily the footprint. I, think I mean, they just took the view the that weight.
0: they had all of this proven tech that they'd already poured money into for M three, M four, and it was all there on the shelf um and they know how good it is and you know what sort of a product that they can make if they just use all that proven stuff or or they can you know start from scratch um and you know go through a much more complicated intensive process um and they didn't know how much weight they'd end up saving um and i think they ended up just basically sort of sort of wearing it just sort of saying yes well we're gonna end up with a car that's maybe 150 kilos heavier than we would like but it will have all of these other advantages that we already know about
1: but is the end result just a slower less expensive m3
0: no it feels different it, it doesn't i'd say it's sort of halfway between outgoing m2 and and an m4 um there is a little bit more sort of agility um because of the shorter wheelbase but it it doesn't feel a great deal smaller um and obviously there's a, a great deal of familiarity with the the way the the sort of configurable driving experiences you know and they love that about modern m cars they think that's what the customer wants mm-hmm. he wants to be able to get in and have his little orange steering wheel buttons and set up everything to his liking that that is almost the defining characteristic of a modern m car for them I is think.
2: it four-wheel drive this you no, do it real no. real drive only.
0: no it's real drive only and they're going to do a manual so okay. it'll be there'll be oh, that okay. there'll be that to make a difference but it does you know it's sort of there's a sophistication to it um because of the adaptive damper which you know only only cs had in the previous gen um and it feels a little bit softer at the rear end and yeah it's not quite as sort of in your face but I with the
1: think. with the complexity and the configurability of do you think they're a little bit high on their own supply with this has it gone too far because that's meant to be the the purest car of the range ever since you know yeah i, I think they get one m is that a new phrase on you? Oh, no. Other than the of no, no, I enjoyed it. I oh,
3: just oh, I enjoyed, enjoyed, it, enjoyed its use there. I thought it looked
1: beautiful. Since the one M arrived, that's been that's probably been the fan favourite template for an M car. So yeah. I think it's probably between that and M five because M five never goes yeah. out of fashion. I, and I think they just
0: keep doing good. Globally, ones. it's a different picture. I think they know that maybe the established European markets love those little cars and they knew the UK was a, gonna be a big market for M two, for instance. I don't know how big globally it'll be, really. Um I think they get that it's an important product for them to do and to get right and to really sort of distill their sort of essence into. But uh yeah, I I don't know. I think I think they just um they want it to feel grown up. Um and they they want it to feel, you know, like a fully fledged M card and, and maybe they maybe some of the feedback they had of the album was that it didn't maybe quite feel as as grown up as, as some of the other M cards and they wanted to put that right and there are obviously you know, maybe some costs involved with that. Um, I don't know. It's not like it wasn't fun. Um,
1: no, but I think you, you know, all of us, we want an M2 to feel different from an M5, to feel different from an M3. But I think we especially want the M2 mm. to be in its own universe. Whereas I yeah. think a lot of people, goes back to the grill issue, a lot of people are buying these cars for reasons other than, you know, driving, essentially. Mm. And the more you can make a cheaper facsimile of a big, bad M car, the more popular it's going to be. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately where we are with the, with yeah, the M2 so. by the Because what I would really love is for BMW to go here is a, a latest M
2: car and it to have a similar sort of mechanical specification in terms of power, weight and everything else to something like a Toyota GR86. But they're not going to because they don't have a platform to do it and they won't make any money out of it because nobody will buy it. So, yeah, which is where we are, isn't it? Yeah. Is, yeah. A
1: Z, is, a Z4, this is a Z4 platform good enough to... To do something truly brilliant in that mould,
3: it's it's got the raw ingredients, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's true. It? Why not?
1: Yeah,
3: it, it's possible. Everything's possible. You throw enough money at it, I guess. And and this probably comes back to why the M2 now is like it is, because how much money are they willing to spend at a car that appeals to people like us? And we are, in, I think, we're a, a decreasing minority. Most M car customers, I suspect, aren't as excited by the way a car drives. As we are, hmm. um, and and there probably wouldn't be an M two if they couldn't chop down a, a three series. No, it's
0: a good point, and, man. And stick
3: it out there, and that's big. that's sad, um, and it's why I certainly don't run big businesses, because I would make <laughs> stupid decisions, <laughs> and I would come out with that car that you were talking about. Yeah. Three people would buy it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And I'd be living under a
2: flyover with a bin on fire. Oh, he- what a CV? You know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But I, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that we are a uh, decreasing species. I would. I would just say that the, 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 the wider market is broadening, but I think the core core enthusiasts still exist, and perhaps even more than they were. If you if you look at the numbers of, I know people go, oh, nobody buys car magazines anymore, but actually more people listen to and watch and read what we do than ever. It's just in a very different way, and I think. Um, but there's just a, a greater sphere of you know, as, as people on the, the planet get richer, there are more people who buy showy cars.
3: I, 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 I
2: like your positivity. Yeah. I, I, I you want know, I I to I, I wanna go with what you've just said. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There are, it's broadening. They, yeah, they have I, to, I uh, think it's
2: broadening. In the same way that, suck you know, in more people. people sell, yeah, and I think, you know, Ferrari sells more cars than ever, and people go, Oh, would he worry that you'll ever become, you lose your exclusivity? And they say, well, no, but it's just the fact that there are, every year there are more millionaires. So actually, the market becomes bigger you don't you don 't suddenly use all of the millionaires up there's just more of them all the time so actually and in, and the same is true of uh you know the same is true of of all sports cars and things like that. i re- i can 't remember one stat that one manufacturer gave me of the number of middle-class people, which means they class that as anybody who can afford a BMW 5 Series that there are in China, but the number was something like 700 million, like it's an unbelievable amount of people who can suddenly buy a car and they wouldn't have done before. So whereas M was only in the business of selling cars to the likes of, you know, enthusiasts, little, you know, from, from a small number of countries, you can now sell a lot of cars in a lot of places.
3: Mm. And I guess it's interesting going back to sort of the, the broadening market and, and talking about why don't we have that subtle saloon car anymore? I, I don't know off the top of my head what the proportion of M Sport trim lines is on BMWs, but I suspect it's the oh, most popular. Massive, buying. isn't it? Yeah. So people are, that M has such a big draw that people are already they're already sort of buying an M
1: car if they can't afford one because they're mm. making their well, it's a, look like a PCP special, isn't it? You yeah. know, the 116i engine and then absolutely everything from the yeah. M Sport catalogue on it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz it was about four quid extra a month to get, you know, a great big splitter or something.
0: So what do we say? We said E28M5 to go back to the question. This is for ones we've
1: driven, right? <laughs> uh um, just your favourite. Just input. your favourite
0: was it? Yeah, and you said E92 GTS.
1: Well, potentially, yeah. Potentially. But no one actually answered my question like is it as damn good as I want it to be? I can't
2: oh, remember yeah, it's,
0: Who's uh, driven one? You yeah,
1: must we, have all driven yeah, one. We we b- all yeah, we are
0: borrowing boring one. one this week, mate, so ask us in 24 hours. <laughs> You're joking.
2: Oh, come on. <laughs> no, we, uh, well, yeah, I'm definitely going to come well, along we did today. a we did, <laughs> we did a video with one at Millbrook, didn't we? And it was on the hill route with something else, doing a chase, one of those chase videos back in the days when we could do that. And, and people... Health, and, health and safety didn't people <laughs> didn't look at it so closely. And it was great. It was the orange one, wasn't it? Yeah. It was great fun, wasn't it? I think quite, hard, quite harsh, quite... Um, and this is, what I mean, you know, it's a very broad, M is very broad. This is about as extreme as it gets from memory. It was, you know, it clatters a bit over, you, know, you hear, hear the stones as they ping up onto the underwater. It's got like a
1: rose jointed... I
2: don't know, actually. Is it, it's, it
0: that hardcore? It didn't quite have the hardcore sort of fully adjustable coil. Like no, the, not is, like is, the, is the most the recent m GTS was but, um, but it was
2: but it was pretty pretty wild. It was good fun, very adjustable, very pointy at the front and then quite adjustable at the back. So you'd turn it in at the right speed, very accurate front end, and then you could start messing around with it. You'd, I think you'd like it. So it sounds a bit like a yeah. Porsche. Rest assured, you chose it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah it's good. And you, and you were going for something little. Well, I was, but my favourite M car is actually the one, the M one prototype, which was called the Turbo Concept or something like that, which was from the. Which technically isn't an m car really because it's from before the brand was born you've got it he's cheating again the reason, it, it. I am cheating but the reason is I had a book I went to the science museum when I was a kid uh, on a school trip and in I bought a BMW book from the bookshop on the way home and that was I think it was on the she may not have been on the cover, but it was certainly inside and I just thought that's the that is the coolest car I have ever seen I was i don't know. Nine, probably, so it was. But it's... So that's Stuart, Bladen? Stuart but Yeah, Stuart former tester, tester, in fact. Yeah. Yeah, uh, from the... Oh, blimey. When was he on
1: the back? 60s, 70s, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But that car had a four-cylinder engine, didn't it? The concept. But the concept did, I think, yes. Yeah, wasn't it rather like than a, a, s- turbo, a
2: motorsport turbo engine rather
1: than a 6?
2: Yeah. Still very cool, yeah, but okay. not a 6. Yeah. yeah. Not a 6, mate. No. Yeah. And uh, I think
0: I was going to go for an E46 M3, but not a CSL. Because I I, I was lucky enough to drive one of those. Yeah. And this is one of those moments we talked about where we're sport rotten kids and say, oh, I drove this brilliant car and it wasn't as good as I thought it was. But uh, yeah, the gearbox on that car is rubbish. It is. It
2: is. Yeah. People will tell you it's not. But this is a trend. (laughs) But they are making out. It's like Smart for Two and uh, Smart for Two. And then Smart Roadster and people are like, oh, it's not that bad. Yes, it is. It's really terrible. But I I remember reading, I I haven't driven one, but I remember.
0: Adam Towler years ago, when I was not long on the mag, he did a a lovely drive story with a CS. So that was obviously had the carbon roof as a CSL, but it had a manual box, and it was one of the sort of run out A46s. Mm. Um, And you kind of go, oh, maybe there isn't an optimal, You know, maybe M cars can be any size. You know, there's all this wonderful variety. But actually, when you drive a 46, I think you realise that that is the optimal M car. It's the optimal size. It has that layer of usability. But it's not too big or heavy to sort of be corrupted in any way. Steers fantastically, mm-hmm. you know. It it just sort of one of the the great front engine rear drive sports cars yeah. there's ever tri- been.
2: I've driven a manual conversion, and it is as good as you think it will be. Mm. It's was, probably the best game be car I've question. driven. Mm-hmm. That would be the best game car I've driven, I think. Yeah,
0: and it was really popular, wasn't it, in its day? You saw a lot of them, yeah. and and a lot of them. Some of them were treated a bit harshly, I think. Mm. Um, by owners but a lot of them you know there must still be a lot of them around and you know um I know they're not as cheap as they used to be but in terms of there being a car that's still fairly affordable um you know and still still they're
1: not sure about that I think that.
0: people Is use them in the way now, that you
2: uh, in the way that you'd want to as well I think that yeah. a lot of people do tend to use a bit like old Renault Sport clears and Megans and things and some 911s people do use them properly, they don't. So you see them, quite, don't you? Somewhere.
0: I was at Caffeine Machine the weekend and there was about three or four of them. Yeah. Um, but Rudy that's very M, isn't it? That is the them.
1: essence of M, to, yeah. to use it, you know, put thousands and thousands of miles on it. And we've, we've been talking about, sort of touching on how
3: the the product range has been broadened to attract more customers. There's a case that it was sort of always like that. I mean, you look at the number of E46 convertibles out there. That's fair now, yeah. I like a convertible, I'm going to say that now. Please send your complaint letters directly addition. to uh, Matt Saunders, road test editor. He's
0: not my friend. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm not saying I would have a convertible E46 M3, but there are so many out, and that's because people wanted, I guess, the performance, the look, the sound, but they also wanted to pose a bit.
2: Yeah. So E46, 2? Uh,
3: the uh, well, yeah, CSL is care. like three yeah. four, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. It's later.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I think it is it. Uh, yeah, it was very very early noughties through mm. to you
1: but know. It was a, it was a real yeah. purple patch. Within within no time at all, you got updated 996 GT3, 360 Challenger Dali, CSL. Mm. Let's just chuck in a Ford GT. You know yeah. that oh, yeah. was that five year period That's 2005. I was you know a teenager at that point, so it was just a very exciting time. But. Do you think though that your do you think your age shaped how much you like those cars? probably i mean i've actually I, I own a mark one focus rs as you know and that kind of very much yeah, slots into to, yeah. to, to that vibe that uh the manufacturers were or you know most of the serious performance car makers at some point in that in the early 2000s came out with something brilliant yeah I think and right. i think those cars are now becoming more appreciated than ever you know mm-hmm. we're moving through that sort of 20 25 year cycle but i think that period will go down as as an incredible period for driver's cars that sort of analog digital crossover just to repeat the cliche on that and I think the CSL is like right at the sharp end of, mm. of that collection of, of brilliant brilliant driver's cars
3: I'm going to be one of those people that didn't totally hate the
1: SMG gearbox
3: I know you can look at me like that you're right it's a, it's a woeful <laughs> gearbox but the geek in me likes a bit of transmission management Oh, okay. You know, yeah, trying yeah. to smooth yeah, the yeah, shifts yeah. yourself.
0: Having five minutes notice for every gear Yeah, exactly. Thing. You know,
3: I don't like to rush. Go to take guess, really. <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. You hear
1: that a lot more. People talking about, oh, it's not so bad. And you know, especially on Twitter, there's mm-hmm. there's more and more chatter about, you know, don't be so stupid. It's fine, but we should just confirm for for everyone listening who hasn't driven an M3 CSL that the cog swapping delay in that car, even if you massage it, is spectacularly long um obviously by modern standards and long by the standards of a good manual box of a time as well it's yeah. pretty extraordinary actually yeah and i
2: think because uh, it's a, it's a manual box isn't it effectively with an automated clutch. Mm. so people who do conversions and there are a few you, you, it's all the kit is in the car basically to to do it to do a quite an easy conversion to a manual uh, full manual gearbox uh, but i think you know the argument is oh well it takes less time than it does to perform a manual change which one might might be true but at least while you're doing a manual change you're doing something you're in control of it you know well yeah I know I've put the clutch in because I've just done it and now I'm swapping the lever and now I'm lifting the clutch up it, it feels like it's less time and it's probably smoother because you're in the you you're doing it all yourself whereas an SMG you're just waiting
1: I'm not even sure it is quicker sure even
2: what I... about the full if you put it on max you know, minimum speed, maximum revs, upshifts. So Are they quicker than a little, you but that, that, that's Correct me if no. I'm wrong,
1: that's the type kind of upshift you have to manage the most, yeah. isn't it? Like a red line, what what is a red line hat cut? Like eight and a half or something? Something like Wait, that. One I, of enjoy, those. I I
3: enjoy I enjoy trying to smooth the shifts out myself. That's, that's yeah.
1: You'll be asking That's for a, a convertible CSL next, <laughs>
0: but the made one. Right, before this turns into a, a, a massive slagfest of, of a CSL, um, let's move on to the, the bloopers then, the ones that we personally really don't like. Uh, we won't spend long. Um, but, uh, and then we'll maybe... Let's leave SUVs to one side. We'll come <laughs> to SUVs in a moment. So we're not giving you an easy out here. You can't just pick XXM, all <laughs> right? What is your least favourite M car? in history, Ricky?
1: It's difficult, uh, you can only comment on the ones you've driven after all and there aren't you know, in the last 20 years there haven't been many many even average M cars, most of them in, they've, they've been slanted maybe a little bit too far one way or, or the other but none of them have been disastrous unless I'm really forgetting something, I drove a Z4M recently and for me that was probably it lacked the kind of intrinsic agility that I want from an M car but it wasn't a bad car and it had a decent you know it's not an S54 in that um, in Z4M is it S54 engine which yeah
2: that is... was in the Z3M
1: but it wasn't the, that was the same no, that's the, the same straight six as in the E46M3 and CSL but that wasn't in the Z4M, I don't think. So the engine was a little bit disappointing. Didn't help that I'd oh, I drove the Z3M directly before. It was a, it didn't have the agility and um, <laughs> the, the steering and the gear shift were just a little bit um, woolly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still a good car, and it was still it still had a nice, easy adjustability, and you know, very easy to live with and drive. So apart from that, I'm. I'm really struggling. I know a lot of you guys didn't like the, and I don't want to preempt anything here, but the Z, the M4 CS of the last generation.
0: Yeah, I just didn't like that. That car is that a, your is that, that going to F- be your F- choice? Well, It's that, one of the one of the ones I didn't like, but um, that wasn't on my list. It is
3: now. I've just remembered that
1: one. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. No, I, I well <laughs> but again on a dry track. That was a that was a, so that, a yeah. Any,
0: any last gen M3 M4, I didn't really. I, it got better over the course of the uh, course of the life of the car it, it did get better competition but, i thought was yeah
1: but really was see good. i never drove that generation when it was new mm. i only drove the competition version when they sorted out the geometry at the rear and yeah, the, that, that was a vastly improved car i think car, you could feel the,
0: the early cars just didn't they didn't come together I, I never really sort of got a feel for the for the the balance of grip in them at all and i couldn't read them um mm-hmm. And I, I guess I was lucky because I didn't really have a big accident in one. I know there were some had at the time.
3: Um, it's interesting if you go and look through Auto Trader, put in M3 M4, and just look at the number of Cat D, Cat C. <laughs> okay,
1: <so laughs> everyone right.
3: has at some point gone. That's oh, I'll give it a go. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> What's <watch this."> bang? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I had a I had a a close friend who was talking about buying one. and She's not really a car person, but obviously, so you know, there was one at a local dealer. And I I've just had a quiet word and said you might not want to, because there's a chance it it will either have had a hard life or or there's a pretty good chance it might have been bent at some point. Um, but no, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't actually going to pick that. I was going to go for the current M8, which I just think is. You know, I'm all for them trying new things, but I don't. I just don't get that car. It doesn't, it's not got, hasn't got enough traditional dynamism about it, um, and it doesn't do the luxury GT thing mm. as well as the other cars that you might spend the same money on. So, I just think it's a bit sort of lost.
1: Quick question before we move on to Matt. Just with the early M4s, M3s, mm. um, obviously a bit twitchy, but they will be good bargains to be had out there yeah do sure. you think that that car's um various idiosyncrasies shall we say in the handling department could be fixed by taking it to you know a queue prep or someone who's really going to set it up properly the right tires you know perfect geometry or do you think it's more fundamental than that and you'd like you to, would just buy a competition
0: you'd like to think so wouldn't you you'd like to think that that the specialists would know how to sort them out i don't know for a fact
3: because they didn't do a lot to the competition really mm-hmm. did they it wasn't a massive root and branch change. It was just a few geo trip tweaks, a bit mm. more power, but it felt to me like night and day. I, I, I trusted that car. I knew where you could place it, whereas, like you say, the early ones were just sketchy mm. as, as mm. anything, particularly in the wet.
0: Yeah. So, what would you go for, mate? What was your least favourite?
3: I'm probably going to upset listeners, watchers, and the internet by uh E60 M5, the V10. Oh just never gelled with that car at all didn't understand it I didn't I, I hated the fact that you had to press a button to have more power just give me the power that's what the engine made. <laughs> that's such a gimmick I hated yeah. it it obviously had the ridiculous SMG gearbox which I know I've said that I you know quite like but at the same time when it was new because I drove the M3 CSL later like you do when you approach these older cars and you're willing to give them a bit of slack when it was new it was hopeless and you know shift speeds go up just again. Just yeah do it properly. Don't give me options for increasing levels yeah. of rubbish. They'd hurts.
0: sort of the the complexity had gone away in advance and they hadn't really got yeah. round to sort of harnessing it at that point, had they? They had all this extra functionality and adjustability in the cars, but they hadn't really figured out. There was a
3: lot of ambition, but not yeah, the execution. The way
0: to make it sense of it.
3: Um, and again, I mean, this probably says more about me, the whole V10 thing, oh, it's a Formula One engine. No, oh, it's not a great road car engine, though. Hmm. It should feel stonkingly fast, and it hmm. never did, because you had to wind it up to get
1: it. Oh, Ricky's just looking up the bit in the magazine no, when no, said I'm it was brilliant. up, because just in this feature with the, the factory, they did, BMW did make, according to this story, which someone wrote, a E60 M5 CSL. Um, Redline went from 8250 to 9000. I was just getting the mag open to check whether they got rid of the SMG and put in a manual box. They didn't put in a manual box, but they did swap in a Gatrag dual clutch box, which was Ooh. the one that eventually went into the E92. You,
3: you can get, so I'm that sure you could is get. Is the a, car for you, my friend? You could get a manual in the states yeah, for you sure. could, yeah. Yeah, yeah you
1: could yeah yeah um, so but what you want is a one-off never a one-off never line. sold prototype line yeah yeah line. yeah, yeah. A money, wouldn't it yeah uh was it a
0: was it in a seven speed i don't i don't know i'm sure I that car was seven-speed. i think that's right
1: yeah
2: yeah and the range was a poor. I, re- I went yeah on the i went on a launch of that car uh which included some high speed launches down a runway and stuff like that and it was a single day event arrive First thing in the morning, go back on a flight late in the afternoon. We had to refuel halfway around the test room. That's how I think the range on a good day is about 180 miles or something like that. Right?
1: So, what you're saying is the touring is the most ridiculous oh, car yeah. of I mean, all time, and therefore very cool, but
2: also yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, yeah, they're, totally,
1: they're, they're totally ridiculous. There is a lot of
3: love within our circles for that generation touring. There are quite a
1: lot of yeah. our colleagues who get quite excited, and I just go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just. Everything yeah. goes on those engines, doesn't it? Top end, bottom end. Oh, yeah. well, electronics. Yeah, it's yeah. all built of chocolate. Everything is made of chocolate.
3: <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's a form a one engine. It's not. Um, <laughs> just sounds like one. Which is nice. Well, when it starts, when... it doesn't even sound like no, one. No, it sounds like it's a a some weird diesel, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. of the direct injection. It's just yeah. everything about that car, I was so excited. Like, oh, new M5, I'm going to be driving yeah.
1: So you felt betrayed by it, and now you're well, just, just mouthing and it and off on a I, I
3: felt <laughs> that course. was where the rot kind of set in for five series well so they it, oh, it suddenly yeah. felt like a bigger a bigger car and they've all so the twin turbo that replaced what what's that bmw f six, six, yeah. yeah didn't didn't really didn't gel it, yeah. with that didn't didn't do it for me either mm. so i i think maybe that my five series love and i'm i think we've got i've got a CS. Coming for a thing we're doing mm. in future, so I'm I'm very keen to oh, try it. No, M5. Yeah, because I've heard some yeah. good things about people's oh, well, like opinions. That I very much trust that. So.
1: That'll restore you. Okay, rather okay. well mine. So, but you will like it.
3: I, I feel like I've 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 had a therapy session here. I feel like I've got a lot of stuff off my <laughs> chest about. And I totally understand why people love that car. And it should work, but I just it, the handling wasn't what I wanted it to be. That it wasn't quite as involving. It did feel a bit remote for me.
1: Just in a sense, what was the problem with the handling?
3: It's a long time ago now. I'm an old man.
1: Um, it's a long, long time since you put it in the ditch. So.
3: It, uh, yeah. No, no, I did, although... I'm not sure I should be saying this. I was on a... Uh, we were a, a handling day type event for a another title where I did see a colleague quite comprehensively throw one off in front of me. Um, touring as well. Did it hit something? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Twice. Oh, um, right. <laughs> but... Uh, it just I, I didn't feel like it, it didn't feel very involving mm. on the track yes you could hang it out at silly angles if you wanted to but on the road it just felt a bit too big and it felt like you really had to be driving flat out to get something
2: back and
0: yeah you're right it's not really right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah it's been a long time but from well, memory it's got sort of quite a small squidgy steer thick rim yeah. steering yeah. With yeah a bit of to it yeah quite remote from the yeah. front end but also quite pointing quite yeah quite uh when, you, when it does start moving around on track, you've got sort it's of, fairly lively at the same time. Yes. Yeah.
1: Is that where the fat steering wheels came in? Well, I, I don't, don't want know, to get actually. sidetracked because you've still decide. got to name your number one M disappointment. Yeah. Oh, but know, we should maybe, come really? back to the steering wheel. I don't. Right? I, I. 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 don't. I don't know
2: because I. There are there are cars that aren't for me. I. I'm with you, Storm, on the M. Latest M8. I think the, 8 Series 50i is a much better car. And I. And likewise, Diz. I think the. 550i of that five series is one of my favorite bmws yeah. of all time yeah. just such a such a lovely car and you think oh that could that would make quite a nice <laughs> m car actually um so i think yeah maybe one of those two i but i i also raised on that that the last generation m4 which i'd sort of forgotten about until you mentioned it and i've googled it to remind myself what shape it is and then you go oh yeah i remember how that feels i remember that sort of lack of confidence about about going near it near its limits on a mm. track particularly
0: which is strange because the gts didn't have any of those problems
2: did it you no know, i mean no you knew exactly what it was up to yeah. and people hated it but we knew exactly what it was I, I was dead anyway i knew exactly what it was up to so may, yeah so i i don't know you could pick any of those if we're not going with the suvs but, I,
0: but Shall we, I all right let's talk about them. the suvs just for a minute i, I think <laughs> we're probably going to be of one mind about them but i did have a go in that um concept xm well the real one oh yeah on the same thing that i drove the m2 and wasn't a fan I mean I just don't it is a product that clearly you know they're using to reach out in a different direction and develop as a brand and they want you know that it's got the old Rolls-Royce starlight headlining and and they care about the rear legroom and you know and and it's like well okay who's this for and do they really know what the M brand's about Um, and I suspect maybe they don't really Um, it just wasn't much to drive at all, you know, it has this whole new generation hybrid powertrain in it, but it just didn't
1: do anything for me. Because that's an M5 powertrain, isn't it? It's upcoming. Supposedly, yeah. And you didn't like that, was it? Yeah. Oh dear. Um, I think so, my my
2: beef with them, such as it is, I mean, you know, it's fine, it's a car, it's nice, people buy it, Fine, whatever, you yeah, know, fine. I don't understand this, the sports SUV thing, but that's not my... It's fine, if people do happy days good for them what i prefer to get with it with m it amplifies the best bits of the car you know you take it it amplifies the most dynamic bits and it turns them up what is there to turn up in an suv what is there you are always going to be stymied by the fact it's 1.7 1.8 meters tall 2.2 2.3 tons and x and y you can make it more dynamic if you want to but as the old freight saying goes you know how would i get to so and so well I wouldn't have started from here. Yeah, no and it, that's how it that's, that's and how they all feel they seem
0: to have chosen arbitrary hills to die on, you know, all of their SUVs are coil sprung. Now, if you look at the market, everybody's gone, Oh, if we go for air, that means we can lower the thing down. Yeah, and, and you yeah, know, yeah. you look at what Macan or, or Akei does with that. Mm. It's transformative. Mm. But M division seem to have decided that all of their cars need coil springs full stop, including the two and a half ton SUVs. And I think that is a problem. Um, And, you know, they don't really sort of gain much in the bargain, I don't think.
1: Why why are they doing it? Is it like something to do with initial steering and they just, they need that sort of response off centre? Because there can't be many reasons why you'd go for it, because it isn't cost. Because once people have got an M... uh, an X5M specced up to 80 or 90 grand yeah, it's you know. probably a pretty profitable car at that point yeah, yeah exactly yeah. you know, you, you can put some hmm. some air springs on that it's very yeah, odd
0: it's strange isn't it but then they haven't they haven't got they haven't done an air car have they Let's they just never enter the look at the, the X3M
1: not, not, and it rides, yeah. appallingly
0: hmm. But let's so, come back to what well, Matt's saying just turning it? up the wrong thing you know I mean they just want it to feel sporty hmm. but in totally the wrong way but
1: they're in, they're inauthentic, way. aren't
2: they? Sorry. Yeah. Well, maybe it works in some countries. Maybe you develop it in Germany and then you try it in a few other places. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that works. But maybe it's I don't know. Maybe we try them here on rubbish roads too much, and go. This is too big, too heavy, too tall, too stiff. Maybe it's fine in some places.
1: Hmm.
0: Should we just um, spend a few minutes talking about our very favourite moment that we can remember in an M car ever? And where it happened, and why you think it might have stayed with you um I'll start with this one, so the one I that jumps out to me involves you two as well, and that that group test we did with with the latest m three because um well i mean the the car just really stood out to me that that we we went to Blighton park it was a group test um stelvia uh, Quad, julia quadrifolio and uh, an E63 and we had a, we had a day at Blighton Park just turning around and, and and it just disappeared and, and it was sort of March wasn't it or April or something but it was
2: really lovely it was a springy, springy day was it yeah, yeah. yeah. was yeah. that was
0: that would have been two years
2: ago yeah. or oh, a year ago a year ago oh yes back it was, in March that, yeah because yeah, we yeah. still had to do some distancing and yeah sure. that's right because we'd yeah.
0: been in we'd been in Wales the day before and it had been pea soup we couldn't oh, get yeah, anything done. I had no, a puncture yeah, that's right yeah
3: I, I didn't turn up yeah. Quite a long time afterwards and you said don't worry there's yeah. nothing nice to see. I you think can't... I did bring That's sweet right. treats so I tried you did to yeah, cake you did. mate yeah. Grovel
0: my way out of always a good way to yeah redeem yourself mate with cake. Um but yeah so that so we were on a loser weren't we and then we just had this brilliant day at Blighton but the car I remember specifically because um it just seemed to me it seemed to represent that M car thing so cleverly and so effectively you know because it was perfectly precise you could put it at any angle, at any speed, in any given corner, um, and if you you know if you felt like you needed to to drift it through two cones, right there on the exit of the toughest corner on the track, you could have done it, um, and that was very very different to the way the Alpha felt, which you know p- probably probably wasn't as good on the road as it had been on on the track as it had been on the road, or it was just different, wasn't it? I mean, smaller car, but but had different sort of qualities, um, and the Merc was just a f- absolute you know rocket ship wasn't it? it was just like a cruise missile, but yeah um
2: different car again over yeah
0: yeah yeah, but that's what I will you know I think that that's probably the the best day i ever had in an m car I would think
3: I, i'm i yeah I think that was that's that's high up that was a good a good test, I think we both chose. The, the wrong
2: car. car. The wrong car. Yeah. The, right, <laughs> the, wrong, the right. The
0: right
3: car. Is it? Small,
2: is the Alpha smaller? Because it feels smaller. It is than the it's latest yeah, M3. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a lot yeah. lighter. and, that's, as well, and so. that's my preferred size for a sports yeah. saloon. Is that mm. sort of size? car. Um, and I preferred one. its its gait on
3: the road. Yeah, it's kind of it's more supple. ride. we we're we're, we're we're off on a tangent here. We're not here to talk about Offer why we energy, chose yes. the right Quadra car. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do that M3. I do remember you got out of it and said, "Well, you're going to like this." And on the track, it was unbelievable the sense of knowing exactly where the rear axle was where it was and what mm. it was doing which is like how can they do this given how much it weighs mm. it was a, a sensational track car and like you say you, you know we you could hang it out at any stupid angle you wanted or you could I mean it did have that drift
2: oh, yeah that score was, it that was, a bit which different. was a bit harsh about yeah. like that drift score thing yes. <laughs> lay down some perfect 300-yard drift, <laughs> so when you come back the other side, and it would go, yeah, three and a half stars.
1: Yeah. You'd think, if anything, they'd overcompensate, yeah, like they do so, with, yeah. with a think speedometer. That's, that's, that's yeah. how the industry feels it. about you, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So it's a touch, of critics, Yeah.
0: <laughs> OK, um, so, your best moment?
3: <gasps> well, crikey. There was the time I finally got E92 on track, I didn't get it at first. It's weird. It had a feeling like the wheels were there on the road. It felt way too... Where, for, for the listener, mate, where is... Uh, so, <laughs> where is... For, for the watcher, I'm doing it around my middle, so it felt right. like the almost like the steered wheels were, wheels were around the front doors, not where they were. It felt way oh, too that was really nervous. Yeah, nervous. But then on track, it made sense. Um, and that engine's glorious. Mm. I love that. But probably, and it's going to involve you here now, mm. is when we went on the M2 Comp launch... Oh yeah, and we went to Ascari and we went out on the road Didn't they? Yeah. Uh, and it was just like the a bit like that M4 to M4 comp the light bulb moment it's like ah they've worked this out now they know oh, yeah. the original really M2 was the concept was great but the execution just wasn't quite there and that mm. uh, for me that's a high watermark that M2 comp I think did that
2: sort of change it from sort of hot rod to sports car in a way sort of thug yeah. thuggish yeah, yeah. Thuggish definitely sort of, it, there, yeah. there was like a, a delicacy
3: there yeah. now as well you, you know you could drive it and appreciate the feedback and put mm. it exactly where you want it wasn't just all about wide arches and how fast and noisy can I go mm. in a straight line and obviously it, had the, it has the proper M3 engine as well so it was all, oh, that's right. all yes, sorts was. of that and we, yeah. did the, we did the road what was the was it an M5 comp? there, there was
2: an it? M5 competition at the and the North. difference yeah. same yeah. road Yeah,
3: it's just like bits of road where the M5 was getting really
2: upset it was a really lovely road route as it well, wasn't it? Yeah. In the middle of Spain near Ascari, Breast Resort, yeah. and it's just a very, sh- quite a short, twenty-minute loop or something. Yeah, like. it goes around the back, but really nice twisty road yeah. of the sort you might find in the UK. You know, like one of our test routes that we use. Yeah, it was a nice. Yeah,
3: I remember. And then, and that then, that. you went to bit and I got to stand like a mountain man by the side of the road with lots oh, of, of course, yes, in that's the that's searing right. heat with lots of locals yeah. driving past, and what's this guy? What's this? What Strange guy standing around amongst fly what's tipping. Wrong with him? Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, he seems to be thumbing a lift but his, his thumb's not out it's very strange They're not that
3: guy he doesn't like
2: the E60 M5, <laughs> M5 leave him doesn't like SMGs he does like SMGs I do like SMGs do you have a particular Ang- memory yeah. Uh I'm going to pick um, Anglesey racetrack about three four years ago when we were in um, we had the M4 GTS of the generation that you don't like and a lot of people really don't like that M4 GTS some of them may be in this room but um, I think it's I think it's great I still think it's great it's It's a weird one. I think it depends how you set that car up because it's quite different and adjustable. But even though we had lots of drivers in it at the same time on the same day, I've never known a car, polarize opinion, quite that much where we have experienced testers coming in and going, I absolutely hate this car. I cannot bear it. It comes last in my reckoning out of the 11 cars we've got. And then I come in and go, there's no car I would like to go back out for half an hour in right now because you just, it felt so sort of precise at the front you could put it exactly where you want and then you could just do what you want with the with the back end and if you wanted to just drive through really precisely around a corner you could if you just wanted to drive around with the rear tyres on fire you could and i thought it i thought it was really good not a great road car in the fashion it was set up for for us but on the track on that day Mm. i have never had more fun in a bmw well no
0: the thing is that they put the optional coil coilovers on that press car, didn't they? And then they set it up for the track, mm. um, even though they were told that it was going to be judged it's on the road to as well. A day on the road, yeah. And you know, obviously, they just put all their eggs in that basket, and uh, um, yeah, it was just how hard it was to drive on the road because of the setup, not mm. necessarily because of you know anything irredeemable about I, the car.
2: But I, I mean, I know people who've driven it on the road in all kinds of setups, and they still hate it. You know, right and handling engineers who've benchmarked it, and they come away going. What are you talking about? It's rubbish, and I say no. What? what I don't understand. And it's 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 a real polariser. And I think maybe if people didn't hate it so much, I wouldn't like it quite so much. But I, <laughs> I like it a lot. And there are a core of maybe half a dozen people I know who really like that car, and a, a core of people who
0: they're clearly all your type people, they, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. But it's just I don't know. So that's so that's my that's the most fun I've had okay. in an M in an M car.
0: Have you got on that? Is it going to? Is is? I, I suspect Ricky's is going to involve uh, the Nurburgring 24 hour and. Um, no, no, no. Hour, okay. Well,
1: no. I think. Not not so much the driving experience, but I remember being totally overwhelmed by the sense of history when I was lucky enough to be, to drive um, BMWs, a uh, BMW UK's Batmobile, which they've had for an awfully long time and is a bit sort of dog-eared in in various parts, but mechanically is looked after very well and. um I, I picked it up from their HQ down the M3, uh, Farnborough and the first sort of couple of hours in it, just c- completely um, in awe of just what this car meant culturally to not just BMW but the sort of performance car uh, world at large, and you know, it comes from that incredible era of the ETCC and all of that. It just uh, completely got on top of me, uh, but. Otherwise, it's very difficult to pick one. My experiences tend to fall into two camps. Track work, I remember angle C in the M2 competition when we headed up there a few years ago. You know, did a couple of laps and really got on top of it and like bang, the balance, you just could not believe. Come out of the third gear bend completely sideways and you'd be barely making any, any changes at all on the controls. The trajectory was just set and you'd be riding it out. And it was like, it's one of those cars where you can put the wheel on the rumble strip. Every single time, even in the wet, just stunning. And the M3 we had two years ago, I think, pretty much the same thing, you know, yeah. slightly less agile maybe. So that's, that's one side. I think M cars, uh, even the ones that are heavily road biased, just work on the track. And, it, you know, that's part of their enduring appeal. And the duality of the brand means that you know, this other, other portion of my M experiences that I've just loved so much over the years is long distance stuff in an M5. And I've done it in a few different types of M5 and it's always just a sort of quiet, satisfying thrill to be covering big ground in something so, so suited for it. And you just know if you've got a half decent road once you come off the motorway. Between you know, between the motorway and your final stop or the next morning, you know you're gonna have a little bit of fun there, even if you've been in the saddle for mm. sort of six six or seven hours. And, and I just love that even the old ones about that. Them.
0: You know, you drive an E39 now, and it, and it so feels especially like the it's E39 does absolutely, that absolutely. You know, you forgive the steering, going extremely fast on, on autobahn. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right. I mean, uh, I had this M5 CS obviously recently for a feature. And I thought it was limited to 155. And just obviously blasted past that. And <laughs> and like for a split second, because they normally stop at, like, an indicated 163. And I thought, it'll be once in, <laughs> boom, straight past that. <laughs> and it kept going. And I thought, it would definitely be 186. Now, will went it, straight past <laughs> that. It sort of goes beyond 190. And then I had to sort kind of come off. But, I mean, God knows how fast that they would go if you kept you, it. You ran out of single-carry road. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the fact it will do that, the fact that... <laughs> You know, it's so childish, isn't it? That if you're on an auto and you know that sort of like a 911 GTS or something comes up, it's like, if you want to, you can just drop it. and Yeah, special car. Yeah, very, very special right.
0: car. We're sort of running out of time, so let's do one more question about the future of of the M-Division. Um, what sort of opportunities it might have and what we feel about electrification and, and what they're going to do next. Um, we've covered the sort of XM thing, which, which I'm hoping very much might just turn into a, a sort of a... A bit of a, a cul-de-sac, you know, a bit of a sort of a, a bit of a side thing going on um, for other markets. Um, I'm being very unkind. I don't know. And not uh, least because <laughs> there's
3: only one true XM, isn't there? We all know that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Um, but no. What do we think about electric electric M cars? Will, will they work? Go.
2: All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, they'll have to, I suppose. Um, what I like the fact that you can do with with any electric car is that you the response of the motor is very quick and if you put them in the right places you could do cool things with torque vectoring and you can make them handle in different ways you can make them do all kinds of things you know you don't have to rely on mechanical intervention so you know at the moment you've got an engine at the front driving the back wheels between the two you've got some kind of gearbox which you might or might not like and then you've got some kind of electronically controlled limited slip differential and the response of all of those three things added together takes a little while and you need some controller to control them all Whereas actually with a pure EV, engine uh, motor response is really, really quick. So you can tune stability control systems much more easily, control traction control systems much more easily. And if you want to talk vector so that you say, okay, I want a really drifty sideways car, it's probably very easy to set up um, compared compared to an internally combusted car. But, I mean, I'd miss the noise. And at the moment, battery tech means that, you know, if you want any range out of a car, you've got to stick, 700-800 700-800 kilos of battery somewhere you know and those things are not easy to, to mm. put into an electric vehicle and nor is the nor is it easy to manage the, the the heat generated by power dissipation and recovery you know these things get hot really quickly Um and for a car that people might drive from the UK to the Nurburgring do a few laps go and stay in a hotel wake up drive home mm. that's not an easy thing to do in an electric car mm. Um so, I don't know, so I don't know, is a short of mm. it. Because we said, know. you know,
0: we sort of said that M cars maybe don't lean on their engines for so much of their appeal as, as certain, other, certain other, oh, uh, certain other brands. Yeah, brands. Yeah, true. But they're still important, you know, mm. an, M car, an M engine has to be central to the appeal of the car, doesn't it? Mm. Um, and their engines of a particular kind. And I kind of think, as you know, if they get the, their hybrid executions right, it could work quite well for them because they, they, they often make quite big cars, so there's quite a lot of packaging space in them and, and, you know, marginally, the marginal gain on, on weight might not be ridiculous. Um, uh, and that means they haven't got to take out, you know, they haven't got to take out engines completely in plug-in hybrids, they can still have that to lean on when they need it. Um, but yeah, when they come to, well, we've seen that haven't we, we've seen them sort of begin to move towards plug-in hybrids, but yeah. as yet not really deal with the electric car thing.
2: Yeah, but the other thing is, I suppose that they will be the last internally combusted BMWs to go, weren't they? You know, you can, you can keep hold of internally combustion engines for the majority of, of our careers, for example, you know, you'd think they will still be around in, and even in maybe very limited numbers, uh, it's feasible that in the next 10, 15 years people go, actually, you could run that on biofuel, you could run an internally combusted engine on, you can run on hydrogen if you want to. You know, it, it could be that there are that there are solutions it won't and also at some point somebody will start marketing solid state batteries which will make them make mm. it a lot lighter and stuff like that i think if you were to make an m car pure ev now
1: it would not be the same as one in 20 years time you would that's think a good point hope. yeah well i spoke to uh frank van Miel, ceo of M, recently mm. and he it wasn't you know um, set in stone but the S58 engine in, in regulatory terms has got a long life ahead of it and he it came off the back of a question about uh, whether they downsize and go high boot with an M3 like AMG will the four-cylinder C63 that's coming up um, and he was fairly adamant that the change would be wholesale when it arrived so there would be no downsizing especially and then the three the m3 would go pure electric when it needed to but as late as possible Mm. and i think bmw overall is it's it's difficult isn't it on one hand it's got the the toughest job of the triumvirate of super saloon makers amg audi sport bmw because it goes back to that thing you know if the if the amg looks mega makes you know has has a synthesized soundtrack and it's incredibly fast they'll sell loads audi again lots of security under wheel Mm. very good straight line pace that's fine the bmw has to offer more it's it's that part of the the brand is, is is it's its central tenet i think they're in a good place though look at the i4 Comes in two flavours, this is their electric saloon. They do an M50 version with four wheel drive and that's sort of like an M light. It's not actually engineered by M but it's got all sorts of bracing, loads of power and it's nicely set up. Very stable, will do, it will take a little bit of angle. It's quite an impressive bit of kit, but the real, the encouraging thing is actually the entry level I4 E-Drive 40 which is just rear wheel drive and that has got such a fundamentally lovely balance and nicely responsive steering, great throttle, accelerator response and it's just a pleasant thing to steer now what what do you have there you have a bmw saloon (laughs) you know they they have to be well balanced and they're good to drive you know that doesn't make it an m saloon but they've got the same canvas it's just a question if they can find enough engineering uh i don't even know how to put it but they've got to find a way to just elevate it in the same way that a normal n car is elevated in terms of the sensory appeal and that remains to be seen but they have the canvas to to build an an, an enjoyable yeah. electric driver's car. What's in the i3 actually quite adorable. Yeah,
2: what's interesting about that? I think you you're right when you mention the Audi RS because the uh, Audi RS e-tron GT or whatever they they call it feels like an Audi RS model to me whereas I don't think an electric M does yet. But uh, yeah, you're right. I, you know, it's easier to make an RS hmm. EV and I'm sure it's easier to make a an AMG
1: but BMW, yeah, you know, point. you can get the, yeah. the weight low, and as you yeah. say, the you've got less hysteresis to deal with, and so on and so forth. You can, and it goes back to what we said at the beginning, adjustability is so important to yeah. M, almost more so than the engine. And with an electric car, you, you know, the toy box is, is arguably bigger than with an ICE car, just in terms of pure chassis dynamism. And obviously with solid-state batteries, that will move the game on massively. Um, that said, I'm not that much looking forward to the day when we have to give up straight sixes. Yeah, what well, about like you, Diggs?
3: I, 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 I sort of agree. Um, but I think we've got... Because that life cycle of that engine is so long, I think by the time we get to electric M cars, the vast majority will have accepted the electric propulsion system. And I, I, the, I don't think it'll be a conversation... That we'll be having as as loudly or as often i think we'll have sort of got over the fact that internal combustion engine isn't the default choice and like you say all these tools they have to make
1: it feel like an m car will make it feel like an m car. and you think they'll achieve that I because th- we can accept that we can only have an electric m car but it doesn't mean we will love it i, I think this maybe you know this goes to the heart of what m
3: is this adaptability because when you look back, what is an M car? We ask ourselves, what is an M car? Now for me, initially I was thinking, oh, motorsport. So I'm thinking E30, well, you know, one of my favorites. It wasn't the one. Homologation special now as a rallying geek. And I love that kind of homologation aspect to it. But look at it. M cars. There hasn't really been a true motorsport M car for a long, long time. Mm. So that part, that essential part of its history doesn't really matter anymore. And I think they, they have a really, they have a talent for reinventing themselves an m3 now is nothing like what an m3 started out as what it was intended to be so i I think they'll just they'll take whatever the technology is of the time and they'll make it work and we'll all be driving m cars again what a great driver's car and i think i'd like to think i will miss an internal combustion engine but i would like to think we'll be saying that's a great driver's car and we won't be saying for an ev i think mm. we'll just accept that that's how the car is made to go and the sooner they get over this fact that you don't have to have v8 sound pumped in you know that's yeah just, that's the trouble isn't it you've yeah.
0: got one thing pretending to be
3: yeah. another it's not a vegetarian sausage it's you know, <laughs> just...
2: <laughs> it's something else yeah yeah exactly it's a, it's a vegetarian dish on its own. right yeah and yeah. enjoy it and it's yeah. tasty and it's delicious yeah, yeah.
0: and it's... So, so there is a good chance that we could be Maybe not in this room, but, but, you know, sat somewhere as old, coffin dodgers, um, just reflecting on 100 years of, of, of the M division in another 50 years' time. Imagine that. Imagine that. With the same microphones. <laughs> <It's like laughs> probably the same laptop.
2: <laughs> I, what's interesting, actually, just, we should, I don't know, I feel, like, I, I feel like that was the first time we mentioned the E30M3, which is the original M3 mm. in this entire... Hour of it conversation, isn't it? Which is, which I don't know, feels doesn't feel like an oversight, but, but it feels like a surprise because it's a yeah. great car,
3: it's the one everyone talks about, isn't it? Yeah. And mm. it's, uh, uh, as, and they are great, they're oh, brilliant. As their experiences go, I, I, many years ago I borrowed the heritage car, and normally in this job, as you know, you'll get approached by someone and go that's a nice car. Mm. And I don't know about you, but my reaction is, Oh, thanks, but it's, it's not mine, always, yep. always, yep, always. Please. And we were, we were doing something at Halford's, other auto accessory shops exist, and all that. Um, and the guy helped us out with a load of stuff. You know, oh, that's a nice car, and I just went, "Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah. Um, it's got that kind of appeal. That car to drive, beautiful chassis, but it's it's a bit hopeless in some respects. The engines, a bit flat unless you wind it out. Hmm. But it's what a, an incredible car that is, uh, and and it's incredible because of its very tight association to motorsport. But they've got nothing like that now. But you don't hear people going well, that's not a proper M3 because, you know, it hasn't won 12 British Touring Car ch- Championships. No, it's a good well,
1: point. Well, the M3 is... Cl- the M4 is closer to the, the... There's probably more synergies there than you realise. Like, I think with Aero, the front end of the GT3 race cars, uh, informed of the design of the road car, obviously they should have the same engine, but I think that... Because I, I, up until recently, did think, you know, this is getting fairly tenuous, but equally, you know, that is still a homologation car to the letter. And actually, there's there's a lot there's a lot of uh, synergies, as I say. So it does still exist. It's just that much harder to sort yeah. of appreciate when you haven't got group a Group AM M3s wanging around everywhere. <laughs> and I don't think I don't think the, the average customer really gives a monkey's about the
3: motorsport heritage.
1: No, I think back in the day, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of E thirty M three owners will have will be will have been would have been acutely aware mm-hmm. of the motorsport link, whereas now I don't. I, can't Just imagine probably, that's the, you know, case. the business yeah. has grown
0: so much yeah. that, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the victim of their own success there. But you know, I mean, I, think, I get the impression they're still they they still know the importance of motorsport to the the core of 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 the kind of clientele.
1: So. Well, another thing Van Meel said was that in terms of having motorsport in the business he, he said that you know an operation can only really you only really benefits from like heavy motorsport involvement up to about you know maybe 10 years at most after motorsport activities cease beyond that it's just complete hot air mm. and so i think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of truth in that and if you go to garching you've got the the racing cars are being assembled constructed in the same space that the upcoming m cars and existing m cars are still being developed you know because they, they, they never stop tweaking these things and so there's a there's a huge crossover that we don't see but the, you know mm. certainly i think for motorsport bmw uh, for, for bmw motorsport is still massively important probably more so than you see from the outside but it is like at, at the core mm. and i'm quite cynical about that sort of thing but uh, well you don't it, seem so mate. in this case no i know that's why i'm trying to to put that across but marvellous
0: well that'll do us i think gentlemen we've gone on for long enough thank you for listening that we've been um autocar and this has been the autocar podcast and happy anniversary bmwm